Derek Hunter podcast for the 13th day of May 2022. It's Ginger Goebbels last day as White House spokesmodel as she prepares to go off to work for uh, for MSNBC. She will be missed by somebody. Probably, I assume somebody's got to like her. I can't stand her, but she'll be missed by somebody. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll remember her fondly in our hearts. God, what a bucket of trash i want to get to the show uh, quickly so we can get to the weekend faster don't forget about the curse program patreon.com slash derek hunter podcast the weekend effing review gonna be lit this week saturday at midnight well actually friday at midnight it is up so tonight at midnight patreon.com slash derek hunter podcast five bucks is all i ask a month a month not even per episode which you know it's frankly worth I believe the actuaries have it pegged at worth about $8 an episode. So you're making out. You're making up all the difference you're losing in inflation by signing up there at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast. All right, let's get on with the program. Uh, Before we uh, start in on the news, and we'll start in on the news briefly, I just want to give you an update because I did, we did go to the the Mormon temple yesterday. And I'd said that if, you know, if, uh, if they don't allow pictures, I'll sneak some pictures. And then I'll post the pictures. And they didn't allow pictures. But everybody was so damn nice. I did sneak a couple of pictures, particularly of the first room, the baptismal room. It it looked like a night. I'd like to chill in there. It looked like a hot tub. It wasn't a hot tub. I know, but it looked like a hot tub. You can find pictures on the, uh, I think it's dctemple.org website. You can find pictures of the whole thing. But everybody was so nice that I felt like kind of a, a douche taking pictures, posting pictures. Like they ask you not to take pictures of signs everywhere. And so I, I'm not, not going to post those pictures. You can take all the pictures you want outside and maybe I'll post some of those pictures. But I just I like snapped a couple as they're walking while you're holding the phone down at your side and going, gee, am I getting anything? Here's the secret, by the way, if you're ever any place where you don't, you're not allowed to take pictures if you want to, like museums or whatever. Make sure your screen brightness is all the way down, as far down as it can go. If it's all the way black, then you just have to know where the camera button is. If it's not a side button, and then you just carry the thing at your side. It looks like it's off, and you, you start snapping pictures. If you, But if you're, everybody's really nice to you, they probably don't post them. Just go, all right, well, you don't want me to do this. I won't do it. And so I didn't do it. The only thing, the building is gigantic. The building is very nice. You have to put these booties on to uh, these shoe cover things. If you've ever looked, gone house shopping and somebody just cleaned their carpet or whatever, they have a big bucket of these booties to put over your shoes or they ask you to take your shoes off to walk around. You couldn't take your shoes. I would have preferred probably to take my shoes off and walk around in my socks. But they put the booties on and they put them on for you which makes me wildly uncomfortable because they had, they literally every 20 feet, there was a Mormon standing there. Literally every 20 feet. They're like, hey, how you doing? Super nice, super nice. And they answered all your questions and they gave you a little spiel about various rooms and what have you. And so it was informative, but it was just weird. I don't, I don't like, it's weird to say. I don't, I'm not comfortable with people being overly nice to me. 
like really overly nice, like not even, I guess really nice is, hey, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? Is there something I can help you with? That kind of thing makes me uncomfortable. I prefer the self-guided tour with uh, just, I just want to see this stuff. I don't particularly care what it, what it's for, what it means, because I'm not going to convert to Mormonism. Just not. I just wanted to see the building. But when they put the booties on, and then at the end, they, they're there, another group of people are there to take them off your shoes. And that made me, I took mine own, my own off. And they seem a little disappointed. Like, no, no, I would have done that for you. I'm like, I know you would have. And that's, it made me uncomfortable, which is why I did it myself. I don't like being served. But it's a beautiful building. The only thing we didn't see, you walk up the six, I guess you're up to six floors. We walked up the stairs. Every two floors there's something uh, that you could see. The whole building wasn't open. Like one floor had all the, they call them ceiling rooms, where not like the ceiling, but like a seal, not like the roof, the underside of a roof where you seal your marriage in this life and the next in Mormonism. And uh, there are 10 of them on that floor, apparently. You could see, like, into five of them. You didn't... Like, the other five are probably exactly the same. The, the only thing that varied was the size. The only thing you couldn't see that I wanted to see was the uh, the big room. I don't know what they call it but the, the actual place where everybody gets together for their services. I figured that room would be pretty cool. There are pictures of it online, and it is, but we weren't allowed to see it firsthand, probably because it's too big. I don't know. It's, I, I imagine it's gigantic, it, judging by the fact that so many people go there and there's a million parking spots. But it was on the seventh floor, which logistically, I asked a guy, like of all the questions, this is this was what goes through. My, this is how my mind works. You go through this whole thing. You learn about Mormonism. They're talking about Mormonism, whatever, and then they come out and say, "Do you have any questions?" And my question was, logistically, how do you get everybody up to the seventh floor during your your ceremonies, uh, during your weekly services? Doesn't it? It just seems like there'd be a huge bottleneck. You got a lot of elevators and stairwells and things, but even still. I imagine thousands of people come in here. That's got to take a long, that's got to be a bit of a pain because you got to stop on another floor and change clothes. You stop on another floor and you put on all white, an all white outfit and slippers so you don't mess up the floors because it's not just, you know, outsiders. That do. So that was my thought. <laughs> like, of all these things, all the, the, the secrets and all the beliefs of the Mormon church that uh, they, they talked about and all these holy rooms and everything. And my question is, logistically, isn't it a pain in the butt to get up to the seventh floor? Like, aren't you annoyed? Because if I have to wait, like, two trips for an elevator, I'm annoyed. And if I get on an elevator that stops at more than two floors, I'm like, oh, you people, you're killing me. <laughs> so I would not be able to handle it. Anyway, other than that, I recommend, because it goes through uh, June 11th, you can get tours of it. It's self-guided, so it's not like you're part of a group. You just go through at your own pace. Uh, it's self-guided. You can get tickets there are still a ton of tickets available. You don't even have to actually get tickets. You get a, a parking pass and you go to a various parking lots and that's it. And you just go in and you, you walk in and you're allowed to walk around at your own pace. So I recommend checking it out because once June 11th hits, um, you're not allowed in anymore unless you're Mormon. So this will be your only chance to see it. Just the disappointment is that there's no no big room. 
All right, let us get on with the program. There is a lot going on. The President of the United States is very angry, ladies and gentlemen. He's mad at inflation. He's mad at everything. He's mad at this, that. It's. He's actually mad like somebody who's senile gets mad. They get mad at things because they're screwing up. Because they're screwing up. They are the ones messing up, and they don't get it. And so... The uh, president is mad at inflation, as you might imagine. By the way, congratulations. You're living in a time, as uh, I say, the Democrats always talk about how historic Joe Biden is. Oh, man, he's historic. He is. Today, we've hit yet another new high, historic high, in national gas price averages. $4.41 and eight-tenths of a penny per gallon And that's not for diesel. Diesel is significantly higher. So congratulations to Joe Biden. Another historic first. He's got the first woman, woman of color, black woman, Indian woman, or Asian woman, I guess she calls herself, uh, as vice president. You've got the first black lesbian ever going to be the White House press secretary. And every single day, He hits new price highs for gasoline and is uh, topping Jimmy Carter in the inflation game. So congratulations. But Joe has committed himself to do whatever is necessary to ensure that he tackles inflation. He's bothered. He's losing sleep. See, he says as a kid, whenever the gas prices went up, there was a family powwow around the chow table. That's right. They gathered everybody the Joseph Robinette the first gathered everybody around the dining room table to have a discussion about how they were going to have to tighten tighten their belt because gas prices had gone up now this is funny and a lie because gas prices were flatlined throughout the entirety of Joe Biden's childhood i believe they went from 57 cents to 59 cents from the age of like 5 to 20 in Joe Biden's life. So there was no family powwow. Because maybe they would have had a family. Maybe maybe Joe's dad said, look, if gas prices ever go up, we'll have a family powwow. (laughs) They just never did in his childhood. But he lies about it just like he lies about having been a truck driver, just like he lies about having been faithful to his wife or being a good father. All of those things, caring about people, being a Catholic, everything that comes out of this guy's mouth is pretty much a lie. But he's particularly mad and upset about gas prices. Man, boy, howdy, you don't want to be gas prices when Joe Biden's around. He's going to treat you like corn pop if you're gas price. He's going to just come at you with a chain. And you're not going to be able to accept his apology the way that Corn Pop did. But then you wake up this morning and you see this story from uh, CBS News. The Biden administration has canceled one of the most high-profile oil and gas lease opportunities pending before the Interior Department. The decision, which which halts the potential to drill for oil in over one million acres of the Cook Inlet in Alaska, comes at a challenging political moment when gas prices are hitting painful new highs. Wait a second. Joe Biden said the other day that he would do anything and he will not rest and he will fight to lower gas prices. All gas prices, all oil prices are based on futures, which means you're paying months and months in advance 
for these things and uh, the market is impacted what they see coming down the road. So if they suddenly see, hey, there's another 100 million barrels coming down the road, then prices drop down because you're buying that. Joe Biden won't do the one thing that could actually impact gas prices. He's been releasing a million barrels a day to all this, a million barrels a day from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which has translated to actually about a 30%, a 30 cent per gallon increase in the price of gas. Now, Democrats are quite good at lying, manipulation. They'll simply say, that means that things would have been much worse had Joe Biden not done what he did. <laughs> I'm not sure. That it's the from the brought to you by the people who created jobs saved or created. The geniuses who came up with that they say things would have been much worse. And yeah, they are worse, but they would have been much worse had it not been for Joe Biden's feckless action. All right, fair enough, I guess. But, uh, yeah, they're ending gas leases, oil and gas leases on uh, places where there's actually because Joe Biden the other day said these gasoline, these oil companies have 9000 leases and they're not drilling on them. They're not because they're lawsuits on a lot of them. The environmental left, Joe Biden's army of flying monkeys are suing to stop drilling on a lot of them. Others, they are impractical to drill on. And just because there's a lease doesn't mean there's oil there. There are others that they have looked into and found that there was no oil there. We have no banana today. But they never give you that context. Joe Biden's just trying to say, well, these oil companies, they're not drilling where we said they can drill. That's because there's nothing there. Or it's logistically ridiculously too expensive to get all the equipment there and it's impossible plus again the environmental nut jobs suing you at every step of the way it's not like there's just a puddle of oil over there it's not like jed clampett goes out on this patch of land and takes some buckshot and all of a sudden oil starts coming up and the oil companies go nah we're good you want that oil? nah we're good that's not how it works but that's what joe biden wants you to think that how it works and yet you have a place with proven oil reserves, lots of oil reserves. And the Biden administration is saying no, no drilling here. In a statement shared first with CBS News, the Department of the Interior cited a lack of industry interest in leasing the area. Yeah, no, because of the lawsuits, because of the regulations. Regulation is the biggest problem our economy faces always, even when it's booming. It could be booming better. I don't want to get rid of all regulations, all rules. I don't want it to be the Wild West. I don't you know, support dumping poison in the drinking water or uh, salting the earth because it's convenient or what have you. No. But there are a lot of regulations. There are a lot of things that make things wildly more expensive. And most of these regulations were written a couple of generations ago for different technologies that don't exist, but you still have to comply with them. doesn't matter if you don't use the technology. You've got to do an environmental impact study. You can't just say, well, we're using totally different technology where that's not an issue. No, well, the regulations, the rules say you've got to do an environmental impact study. Huh. Okay. But in a world where Joe Biden claims he wants everybody to pay less for gasoline, the answer to high gasoline prices should not be buy an electric vehicle. 
You know, it's a weird thing. It's a weird argument. Well, we got high gas prices. Yeah, it's gone up two dollars a gallon. Well, the way to save that money, pretty simple: drop eighty grand on a Tesla. Actually, no, they won't. They'll never encourage you to buy a Tesla because Tesla is in a union shop. They'll say buy a a Chevy Volt or some other ugly car. Buy one of those little mini two seat car things that that look like a wind up toy. That there's literally no way you survive an accident. I don't. I. You ever known anybody like? Oh yeah, my uh, my EV four, whatever the hell they're called. My EV. It's uh, it's in the shop. Why? Oh yeah, I uh, I hit a, a a truck hit me, rear ended me at a uh, a stoplight. No, you would be a part of that truck if you're in those things. You can't haul groceries in those things, which is great because you can't find a lot of groceries under Joe Biden. So you know it makes perfect sense that you would buy one of those cars now because there's. You can't buy anything in the stores. You can't haul anything. But those things are wind-up toys. You sit next to them at a stoplight, and you're like, I could I could sneeze at you and knock you over. What the hell is wrong with this thing? Yeah, it's, it's a great car if you don't ever go anywhere very far and you never get into even a mild fender bender. Otherwise, you're dead. But, you know, you can then be composted, and you'd be good for the planet or something, right? You can... You, uh, you can help with the oil and gas prices by buying this wind-up toy. I don't even know how much one of these things costs. And then when you die in a five-mile-an-hour fender bender crash, when you're accordioned into a, a, a F-150, they can compost your body, and you can help Joe Biden make up for the fertilizer shortage. I mean, it's the circle of life, and it's... A, Maybe Joe Biden isn't insane. Maybe he's got a plan after all. Okay, so I just looked it up. That little wind-up Skittle toy electric vehicle is called the uh, Smart 4-2. F-O-R-T-O-W, one word. You can buy a used one for, like, less than two grand. <laughs> I don't know if they work, though. They're, God, they're ugly. And they're just... If you... You buy one of these things because it's not that expensive relative to cars. If you hate somebody and wish them ill, like physically dead, buy them one of these cars. I don't, I don't get who's like, oh, yeah, you can buy one of the... The most embarrassing thing about uh, selling one of these things is having to admit you bought one in the first place. But whatever, I feel like if I'm riding down the... I don't know that I could, as six foot five, could fit into one of these things. But if I'm sitting in one of these things, I feel like I could rock it over. You know, just rock side to side. And it might take a couple of tries, but I think I could get that thing going so it flips over. That's what uh, Joe Biden wants you to be. It looks like the Jetsons flying car without the flying part. So it's just a shame. You're like, okay, yeah. Hex, how'd you how'd you lose your grandma? Oh, she was driving one of those uh, smart four two things, and she uh, at three miles an hour hit a parking block and uh, and just crumpled and died. Tragic. I'm gonna I'm gonna it's gonna be a hard pass for me. Yeah, a hard pass. The CBS story continues. There, uh, the White House is a little bit scrambling because they are. Um, they reckon they have to pander to the left. They have to pander to their radicals, and then they also have to face voters. The radicals are about I don't know five to seven percent of the population, whereas voters are a little bit more. And the president's approval ratings 
indicate that the vast majority of those people don't like what Joe Biden is doing. So they continue um, in the story of CBS. Until now, the White House has remained silent about the massive Alaska lease. However, canceling the sale would be in keeping with the political promises President Joe Biden made in the name of halting global warming. But those promises have become a political challenge in the face of prices at the pump. And the, the myth. Quote, they don't want to get hit by Republicans in light of the high gas prices. One environmental advocate told CBS News, speaking on condition he not be named because of the sensitivity of the topic. Even these environmentalist nuts recognize that the American people don't want them to do, they don't want them to get their way, but they don't care. Quote, they're getting killed on attacks based on inflation. The most visible sign of inflation is high gas prices. End quote. Yeah, no kidding. The delicate political situation was evident after a top environmental official showed her hand in an email that copied a CBS News reporter. Gina McCarthy, the White House National Climate Advisor, wrote that, quote, the Cook Inlet sale was canceled. It is not proceeding, end quote. Almost immediately, another White House official jumped in to declare that McCarthy got ahead of herself. Interior Department officials said the final decision had not been made yet. On Wednesday night, though, with time running out, the department made its announcement. they got to love this. No, 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 we didn't make a decision. Yeah, we did. We just don't want to get hammered with that just yet. We're going to find a news cycle where it'll likely be buried where we can announce that. Frank Macariola, that's not right, but who cares? A top official with the American Petroleum Institute, the country's largest oil and gas trade association, called the cancellation of the Cook Inlet lease, quote, another example of the administration's lack of commitment to oil and gas development in the United States. Quote, the president has spoken about the need for additional supplies in the market, but his administration has failed to take action to match that rhetoric. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. That's the problem. New records every single day. These people will pay lip service to this problem, but you can't run your car on lip service. You can't fill your tank up with lip service. You can't do all sorts of things with lip service. You can uh, get smoke blown up your butt all day long by the Democrats if that's what you so desire, but what you won't get is any relief at the pump. Now, what Joe Biden wants to do, and this is what's stupid, is he wants to tax these oil companies. It's a windfall. They're making so much money. They're basing it off their revenues. Guess what? When your prices go up, you raise your price. When your costs go up, you raise prices. If you're selling something for a dollar that you're making for 50 cents, and then suddenly it costs you 75 cents to make, so you raise the price to $1.25. Last year you made a million dollars. Now you're making, uh, I don't know, a million $1,250,000 in revenue. It is, you're not living in the salad days. You're not going, wow, have I really grown the business. It's the profit that really matters, ultimately. Sadly, so much of our government and so many of our businesses do actually measure their success by uh, revenues rather than profits. So one of the weirdest things is you've got some massive companies 
who never make a profit, who never made a profit, who haven't come close to sniffing a profit. They just, but they're worth a fortune. Why? Because their revenues have increased every year. Their user base. And Twitter's one of these things. Twitter's never made a profit. I don't know how Elon Musk plans to make a profit if he's able to buy it, but it's never made a profit. And it's worth $44 billion or whatever it was. Why? How? Well, because the number of users and the growth. And uh, no... I don't think so. Anyway, the uh, they they count revenue and they compare revenue to previous years. Well, if the price goes up on something, but demand doesn't go down significantly, you got to remember people need gasoline, regardless of what they're doing. It's not lockdown times when nobody's buying gasoline and nobody's driving anywhere. It is back to normal times where people are driving a lot of the time. And guess what happened? You need gas when you're driving a lot of the time. You can drive less. You can go, you know what? We're not going to take road trips for fun. In the fall, we're not going to drive to see the colors change, things like that. But you have to go to the store. You have to go to work. You go to your friends and your family houses, whatever. Your life is back to where you're driving as much as you can. But even if you cut 10%, I'd say people maybe cut 10% of their driving is unnecessary. You still got to buy the gas. So you still sell that gas. So even if you're selling less gas, but at twice the price, revenues are going to increase. So they said there's all these oil companies are raking in the money left and right. You've done everything you can to make their overhead as expensive as possible there. Congratulations. It's This is the problem with people running government who've never run anything in their lives. They've never even, most of them, like Joe Biden, has never worked in the private sector in his life. I think he might have spent a couple of months fresh out of law school in a uh, a law firm, but not very long. He went uh, to the prosecutor's office, I think, to then an elected uh, local official in Delaware to the United States Senate at age 29. That's... Joe Biden. Joe Biden has never the closest he's come to a private business is watching Hunter Biden shake down people he was uh, regulating. So, yeah, uh, these people look at it and say, well, they're raking in all the money. Look at all these record profits that they've got over there. And I'm like, um, yeah, you, no, no, they don't care. They're counting on their audience being stupid. They're hoping their audience is stupid and they're canceling leases to appease their left-wing radical base while telling everybody they'll do everything they can. Let me just tell you this. If what Joe Biden and the Democrats are advocating worked, and it doesn't, at least not right now, it might someday, but it doesn't right now, the electric vehicle, everybody getting electric vehicles. Like there's a unicorn out there that you just plug the horn into a thing and you can charge your electric vehicle from it rather than you need to burn fossil fuels in order to generate the electricity. The part they never talk about, not only the, and then the environmental damage and mining, all the equipment for the batteries and then the disposal, everything that they've told you about electric vehicles is a lie. But even if everything they told you about electric vehicles was good and you could charge your car in five minutes, drive for 500 miles, what have you. The best case scenario for that 
and their so-called solution is 10 years away at the earliest because you had to replace the existing vehicle fleet with electric vehicles you have to sell enough of those electric vehicles to get the price down you have to actually make the mining and obtaining and manufacturing of these vehicles affordable so that the end result isn't a $50,000 car, but it's like a $15,000 car. Then you've got to build the charging stations all across the country. Then you've got to build the electric grid to feed those charging stations all across the country. And then you've got to get people who just spent $35,000 on a regular car to get rid of that regular car and get an electric car. You maybe incentivize it. Remember the cash for clunkers. There's all sorts of things. But you're talking at least a decade to get to that point. Can you and your family and people you know and people you work with and your friend, can you handle six, seven, eight dollar gas until then? Because gas is showing really no signs of slowing down. Inflation isn't really showing any signs of stopping. Oh, but yesterday they, yeah, 0.2 percentage points of rounding error. You trust this government and that and they cooked the books, and the best they could come up with to make it semi-believable was 0.2 percentage points, pass. So are you prepared to pay ever higher gas prices for the next 10 years? And then on top of that, buy a a $50,000 car, maybe the price will come down, to buy an electric vehicle to get rid of what you have now? Are you ready for that? I don't think you're ready for that. Democrats don't care what you want. It's kind of funny. A small minority of people want this crap because they're in a doomsday cult and the Democrats are making sure they get it. Meanwhile, simultaneously, Democrats are running around whining about how the minority is forcing its will on the majority in a vote in the United States Senate that was 51 against 49-4. They don't even understand the basic concepts of how our government works. We'll get to that in a bit, too. It's, it's just it's just ridiculous. I want to uh, shift gears here a little bit from the madness of the left on the environmental front to the madness of the left on the abortion front. And oh, my God, do these people. Well, they don't understand how government works or they're they're counting on the fact that their their followers, their adherents don't understand how government works, how our government works. Now, various churches throughout history sort of dined out on this. The unwashed masses, they don't know how, what the church inner workings are. They can't read. They're all illiterate serfs. So you could get away with a lot of things back in the day. But now I guess we're sort of, there is a large swath of the population that are illiterate serfs thanks to shoddy public school education. But we're not dealing with the intricacies of Senate procedure here. We're not dealing with some obscure concept of law that somebody, you know, it would be really difficult if you had to sit there and explain various parts of the legal system to someone. Why are the law, why are property laws this way? Why are this, whatever. Uh, you'd, You'd have to get into some debt. We're not dealing with that. We're not even dealing with complex math issues. We're dealing with majority rule. What is majority? A majority is more than oppose, right? 
For the people who scream, this is what democracy looks like every time a conservative dares to try to give their opinion on a college campus, you would think that they would have an understanding of what democracy is. They seem to love it so much, but they, they don't really love it. They actually they, they use it as a weapon. So Elizabeth Warren yesterday, see, the United States Senate voted on the women's health care protection, whatever the hell it's called, who doesn't matter. And it did not go anywhere. Now, the media is absolutely worthless. Our media is worthless. I was watching some, I forget what channel it was. But I tweeted at the reporter, the so-called reporter, because they opened their stories. This is why I don't watch local news. It's terrible and filled with really stupid people. And the guy opens up the story with a Republican fili- Republicans filibuster, the uh, abortion protection laws for women. Blah, blah. It was... That was basically the gist of it, but he said that Republicans were filibustering it. It's not really a filibuster. For a filibuster, you need to break a filibuster to invoke cloture, you need 60 votes. Democrats got 49. Democrats got 49 out of 100, which means that 51 voted against it. A filibuster is, well, they got 55 votes, but they needed 60. And so there's a filibuster. Losing 49 to 51 is a rejection. It's a rejection. Now, it was bipartisan rejection. Since the Senate is 50-50, and they brought in they brought in Kamala Harris to preside over it in case there was a tie, she could break the tie vote and become a champion for women. Or they could make an argument that if she was if she was allowed to, if they didn't if they just get rid of the filibuster rule, boy howdy they could they could get this thing into law and protect women's quote-unquote health care. But Joe Manchin said no. Joe Manchin said no. That meant that there was a bipartisan coalition against unfettered abortion without limits. That's what the Democrat bill does up to the moment of birth. And so uh, it was reported as this is a filibuster. This is a filibuster. No, it is a rejection. There's a difference between a filibuster and a rejection. This is what democracy looks like. Liz, you lost. Listen to her yesterday. Now, she's talking to Manu Raju from CNN. Even Manu Raju should recognize what I just said. The average person on the street, you just hear filibuster, whatever, or uh, blocking minority, blocking, blah, blah, blah. They wouldn't know the difference. But Manu Raju was there. Manaraja would know that the vote was 51 against 49 for, 49 in favor. A clear majority against. Elizabeth Warren is grousing, whining, and complaining about how a minority is blocking the will of the United States Senate. When in fact, I just told you, more people voted against it than for it, which is a rejection. And Manu Raju, CNN, congressional correspondent, doesn't say anything. He just kind of lets it go because, I don't know, reasons, because of the agenda. Listen to her uh, whine about this. I believe in democracy, and I don't believe that the minority should have the ability to block things that the majority want to do. That's not the Constitution. (laughs) She's supposedly a lawyer. Remember? Remember when she was billed as, my God, she's one of the smartest lawyers in the country. 
She's one of the smartest legal minds in the country. The majority, a minority should not be, first of all, we do have a system of government that is designed to protect the rights of the minority. You were a member of a minority group until you were outed as a fraud, Elizabeth, so you might want to think about that. But a majority voted against the Democrat bill. A majority voted against the Democrat bill. And here she is going, we should not be in a place where she's actually, if you think about it, she's condemning the Democrat Party. She's the Democrat Party should not get their way because under this leadership and what we're trying to do under this president, we are wildly unpopular and we should not get our way. That's not what she means. That's not what she means at all. But um, I don't know if she's dumb or counting on her supporters to be. Could be a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B. She could count on, again, I don't know if Manuraju is dumb, or if he's just such a left-wing hack that he doesn't care. He's not going to say, excuse me, uh, Senator, you lost the vote. It's not like you, you came close to breaking the filibuster. A majority voted against you. He didn't. He doesn't say that because... Why would he? That'd be an awful lot like journalism. Elizabeth Warren then goes on to say that since she didn't get her way, she wants to get, we need to get rid of the filibuster. What we're talking about right now are the individual rights and liberties of half the population of the United States of America. I think that's enough to say it's time to get rid of the filibuster. We need to protect voting rights. We need to protect women's rights. And understand this, Mitch McConnell has made clear, they're coming after everybody. So we need to do this, get it on the board. We need to do this. Mitch McConnell's coming. Yeah, did I missed that memo. This is what the Democrats think. Mitch McConnell, the Republican campaign strategist, vote for us. We're coming after your rights. Empower us to strip you. No, that's not. A, she's lying, of course. She's as honest as she is uh, straightforward about the filibuster. We need to get rid of the filibuster. Okay, Senator, you just got rid of the filibuster. Let's play a game of make-believe. You just got rid of the filibuster. That vote you just had, um, it didn't happen. You failed. It had nothing to do with the filibuster. It had to do with the fact that you couldn't even get every Democrat in line. Care to comment on that? There's no question from CNN about that. There's no pointing that out to CNN because, like I said, that would be an awful lot like work. Meanwhile, these people have absolutely fetishized abortion. I want to play you this clip from Congresswoman Katie Porter out of New York. (laughs) She combines, she's on with Larry O'Donnell on MSNBC last night, and she combines inflation with abortion. And hey, man, it's getting more expensive to raise kids, so you got to abort more babies. That's why we need abortion now more than ever. My God. Um, If you did it as a parody, nobody would believe it. But this is the Democrat Party today. Uh, President Biden has said that inflation is the number one priority for the Biden White House to try to get under control right now. Uh, As you're out there in California talking to constituents uh, during this re-election year for Congress, uh, how does inflation compare to this newly uh, important, in the sense of the Supreme Court decision pending, uh, abortion issue? How do those two issues compare? 
Well, I don't think they compare. I think they actually reinforce each other. So the fact that things like inflation can happen and it can become more expensive to feed your kids and to fuel your car um, is exactly why people need to be able to be in charge of how many mouths they're going to have to feed. So I think the fact that we're seeing this jump in expenses, um, that we're seeing people having to pay more in the grocery store, pay more at the pump, pay more for housing, is a reason that people are saying, I need to be able to make my own decisions about when and if to start a family. So I don't think we're going to see them. I don't think it's like about comparing them or contrasting them. I think they reinforce for people just how big of a responsibility it is to take care of a family. <sighs> look, I, look, I didn't look. I was counting on a counting on a promotion. Didn't get a promotion. So let's just abort. Let's just abort. There was a time when people managed to prioritize their lives. That's the real problem that's going on in society these days is that there is no prioritization. There's no prioritization whatsoever. There is no, hey, uh, maybe we shouldn't buy the uh, house with the extra thousand square feet. Maybe we shouldn't have uh, I don't know, steak every night. Maybe we're going to have to. I remember fried bologna was a thing. I didn't. You know, I have no idea. I didn't know anybody else who had fried bologna coming. But that was kind of a delicacy because bologna was a normal sandwich, and my mom would spice it up by just frying it. You had to slice it because it would just shrivel up. It, fried bologna was a thing. The uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich is now probably considered child abuse, as well as assault on kids with peanut allergies. But there was a time when that's what you ate. A bowl of cereal for breakfast, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch, and then whatever for dinner. And it wasn't like, I want this for dinner, I want that for dinner. It's like, no, your, your menu, my menu at least as a child, was dictated by what my mother knew how to cook, and she knew how to cook a lot. But it was mostly dictated by what was on sale that week at the place it was called Your Better Market or Great Scott. That was it. That was how we ate. And that was, you know, it, it was normal. It's uh, Technically, you can, I guess you're considered a hero now. It's massive sacrifice, throwing yourself on a grenade by making decisions financially in the best interest of your family so you can take care of your family. But now it's like, no, 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 no. I want to be able to go to an Airbnb and I want to be able to go to Coachella and I want to have my kids and this is ridiculous and somebody needs to pay and I need government help. Somebody needs to give me child care so I can go out of town or so I can go do whatever. Give me massive taxpayer subsidies. Or I'm getting an abortion. Uh, here's an idea. The ultimate birth control is not get pregnant in the first place. How about that? All right. If you are not ready to have a child, then don't have unprotected sex because that's the only way to get pregnant, you moron. Just saying. I want to play you this uh, Maisie Hirono audio to prove once again that uh, as Donald Trump said in 2015 in his announcement speech, they're not sending their brightest. It's not just foreign countries that are not sending their brightest. The states are not sending their brightest to Washington. Yes, the rest of the world is not sending their brightest to the United States, and uh, the United States is not sending their brightest to Washington. You got to wonder then: is it is it our system of government that is failing, or is it the morons that so many states send to our government that are failing the system? Maisie Hirono, 
is a dumb person. That it, it's there's no other way to put it except for you know adding some colorful metaphors in there and swearing about how dumb she is. She is dumb. She's stupid. She's just dumb. She was on CNN. Now, CNN is not going to give a Democrat, no matter how stupid they are, a tough interview. Eric Swalwell appears on CNN regularly, and he's, you know, maybe a half of IQ point ahead of Maisie Hirono. And he manages to do just fine on CNN because they recognize there's like an unwritten rule where they wink and a nod. They they let these dumb people speak and spew and say ridiculous things and they don't jump on them they let them go they let them have their their moment well this is a basic setup question for Maisie Hirono talking about the bill she supports the bill the abortion bill that uh, the women's health care act or whatever the hell it was called she supported she voted for it she's a vocal proponent of it. And it's a basic question. Does it offer any kind of restrictions on abortion at all? Or does it just get rid of all restrictions on abortions? The answer is it gets rid of all restrictions on abortions. But Maisie Hirono doesn't know that. She doesn't know anything about this bill that she vehemently supports. So she goes off on a little random diatribe and basically says what's in the bill and what the bill does doesn't matter which is code for, I don't know what the bill does. I've, I'm a tool of the Democrat Party. I have been instructed to support this bill, so I support this bill. Hawaii, you can't do any better. I get it. Hawaii is supposedly paradise, and a lot of people don't want to leave it, especially to go you know, spend some time in a swamp like Washington, D.C., because it actually literally is a swamp or was a swamp before they built on it, and it still has swampy characteristics. I get it. You don't want to go. But you got to do better than this. You have to be able to do better than this. Take up a collection, pass a plate, and say, all right, we'll give you the congressional salary, but so you don't embarrass us, we'll try and get somebody good. We'll pay you double out of the state coffers. Maybe just try something like that. Because what you've sent in now is an embarrassment to our species. So is this um, a bill to preserve access as it is today with Roe in place being the law of the land, or is, is the goal of the bill to expand it? The bottom line is this is a bill that is going to enable the woman to make the decision. And so we can have all kinds of arguments getting into the weeds about this, that, or the other thing. But uh, the fact of the matter is that the radical right-wing justices put on the court by the Republicans, particularly the last three justices, have decided that they're just going to overturn almost 50 years of a constitutional right. That is the bottom line, that we, through this bill, is restoring that ability of women to make the decision, not government. But, Senator, it's not getting into the weeds on this thing or the other. It's it's what the legislation is. It's what is guaranteed by it. <laughs> Even this CNN guy is like, but, Senator, I asked you a basic question. This is, you know, this is not into the weeds. This is not, hey, uh, Section 483B, subsection 2, says X, Y, and Z. Defend that, Senator. No, this is basically the gist of the bill. You can't answer a question about the gist of a bill you're on television arguing on behalf of? 
You're sitting there grousing. Republicans don't want to do this. The Republicans hate. Well, how do you know? What does this bill actually do, Senator? If you're going to accuse Republicans of hating women, of blocking women, of wanting to oppress women and blah, 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 shouldn't you have some sort of sense of what your stupid bill does? Didn't you? Did you? No, they're just oppressing women. How? By oppressing them. Yes, but in which way? With oppression. I'm not asking you a tactic. I'm asking you how. Well, uh, it's oppression. They hate women, especially the female members of the Demo- of the Republican Party. They really hate women. No, no, they just probably don't like you, or they you. You speak in code around Democrats if they're ready. With Maisie Hirono, you don't have to speak in code uh, for her not to know what's going on. You just have to use three-syllable and above words, and she's sitting there at a complete loss. She can't figure it out. It's unbelievable. that This this is the best you can do, Hawaii. Come on. Come on. Do better. Send a radical Democrat. I don't care. Get Michelle Obama, part-time resident, to run for the United States Senate out there. It doesn't matter. She... They got a house out there. They got a mansion out there. They got a mansion in Washington, D.C. Have her do it so she never has to go back and, you know, never fly or anything like that. Just get her to be in there. For the love of God, get rid of this idiot. Can you imagine? Well, what does this bill do? Uh, It doesn't matter what it does. I don't want to get into the weeds. It ain't the weeds. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of weeds in there. You could get into the weeds and how it's spending money, you know, funding food programs around the world and all these other garbage things that that other bills do. Every bill has weeds. This one is the point of it. The point of it is abortion on demand at any point throughout a pregnancy up to and including the moment of birth. That's what that bill did. The Republicans said no, and Joe Manchin said no. So a bipartisan coalition, 51 senators out of 100, a majority, said no. And what are they doing? They're going out there grousing, going, oh, these Republicans. These Republicans, they hate women. Okay, well, you want to make that argument. It's stupid, it's childish, but, you know, it's a Democrat thing. What are you going to do? The Democrats hate babies. Democrats, all Democrats hate all babies. We just say that if Republicans hate women, then Democrats hate babies. Then we can have that discussion. Of course, Democrats will never do that. You got Katie Porter, who dressed like Dolores Uxbridge. If you watch that video of Katie Porter, she looks like the the mean teacher from one of the Harry Potter movies who ends up getting what's coming to her. But this is who the left is. We've got a baby uh, baby food shortage right now a baby formula shortage a serious baby formula shortage i told you the other day and i'll ask you again this weekend if you go to a target if you go to a walmart if you go to a grocery store you might not be in the the baby making business although i hope you're getting practice you know even if you're past the baby making thing you never know when your team might need you keep practicing uh, if you get my drift But if you're sitting there and you walk through those aisles and just see what's there, see what's there. If there's a lot of baby formula, maybe put it out on social media, make some calls, whatever, and say, hey, this grocery store at X, Y, and Z intersection has some baby formula. Because I guarantee you there are people out there listening right now and following you on social media, Facebook, whatever, who are looking, who are concerned, or at least know somebody who is looking and can't find any. And you would be doing a great service. 
it is a problem where about 45% of stores are out of stock and most are low on stock and there are limits on the number of formula things you can purchase. I remember formula, the purchasing of formula and what have you. It was a pain in the butt. I used to go to, it was Infamil we'd use. And I'd go to the Infamil website and you go, hey, I'm going to order some Infamil and you go to what you're getting. This was, you know, five years ago, four years ago. You go there and you could order it by the case and it was, I guess it wasn't any cheaper per se, but it was more convenient to have like seven cases shipped to your house instead of having to go to the grocery store every time you ran out. But every once in a while you go there and like we're sold out, sold out of what we we use. And it was the only thing that the kids would would consume. Like, all right, well, I got to go find it somewhere. That was a pain in the butt. I also wonder how it is that the company that makes the thing can be out of the thing. Like you, you should be the one with the, the supply of everybody in the supply. You should have the supply. You make it. But that's another story. That was a pain. And it was scary because you're like, you got to go and find something and try some other kind of formula or whatever. And once babies get used to a certain type of formula, they're not big on switching. Now imagine you can't get it anywhere. Now imagine your kid has a food allergy, uh, sensitive digestive issues, and you can't find the particular thing, the, really the only thing that kid can hold down. You'd be a little bit concerned, wouldn't you? That's why I say publicize if you, if you come across it. I've, I've been to a, quite a few grocery stores of late. I haven't come across any formula, so I haven't publicized it. It's sending out a, tweeting out a picture of, like, here's an empty store shelves. Well, that's... Everybody can find an empty store shelf. That's not the problem. You got to find the stuff that's in there. So you would think that a president who cares so deeply about this, he's a devout Catholic, don't you know? And he loves babies and he loves, it doesn't, he's never acknowledged Hunter's bastard grandkid. No, he never, the one that he's been ordered to pay child support for because he, uh, he slept with the stripper while he was having an affair on his sister-in-law after he left his wife. Boy, the Biden family is just a wonderful group of people, aren't they? And Joe Biden talks about his six grandkids. He's got seven. He ignores this kid. What do you think this kid's going to feel like when they grow up? Oh, yeah, my, my grandfather was president of the United States, and he never once acknowledged my existence throughout his entire life. He died, you know, soiling himself in a rocking chair on a beach in Rehoboth, and he never once, I never met him. I'll never meet him. I'll never be invited to that place in Rehoboth. Because my degenerate crack-smoking father is uh, the brightest man his father ever met, won't acknowledge me and, and just sends a check and that's it. And as soon as I'm 18, is done with me. Yeah, I give him my word as a Biden. That's that word of a, as a Biden working out for everybody named Biden. Not so good. But anyway, back to the baby formula thing. The... Uh, New, well, the incoming press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre. Did you know she's black and a lesbian? Yes, she's black and a member of the LGBTQIA plus two-spirit weirdo making stuff up community. She is going to be the new spokesmodel for the White House after Friday because of Ginger Goebbels' departure. So next week, she'll be at the podium. She conducted a press gaggle on Air Force One, and the issue of baby formula came up, the baby formula shortage. And so some reporter, because, you know, 
Karine Jean-Pierre did what every Democrat does. Well, we care very deeply. We're on this thing. Don't worry about that. American public, we're looking into this baby formula thing. Don't Then they don't do anything. They literally do nothing. Karine Jean-Pierre was asked, hey, who's the point person? on this like who's the person who if you know where would we direct questions specific questions about that you you are the spokesman for the the uh administration you should know these things you're the one telling us that the president cares deeply and that this person exists and they're working on it tirelessly and will not stop until it is solved so who's in charge and she not only has no idea she giggles like a schoolgirl in the middle of her answer people are Parents are terrified. Babies are going hungry. Babies with serious digestive issues and uh, dietary restrictions are in dire straits. And the spokesmodel for the president of the United States is laughing, giggling. Great. Who's yeah. running point on the on the, the formula issue at the White House? You mentioned the White House as well. I mean, I, I, at the White House, I don't, I, I don't know. I could find out for you and get you a person who's running point, um, but I, I don't have a, a person in I don't. I don't know. I was just kidding. We we I was told that we care about this thing, but I mean, we don't care. Care. We don't like run point on it. Uh, occasionally, somebody tweets out something about boy howdy. We love kids and uh, we want them to be able to eat, and and that's about it. And the intern who runs the president's Twitter account is probably running point on this imagine giggling in the middle of it I, I, I don't i don't know it's such a top priority that nobody has any clue who's in charge of it nobody has a damn clue who's in charge of this top priority don't worry parents we're on it who's on it uh i don't somebody probably i would assume seems like a big issue somebody might be on this feeling better about your country feeling better about your president God, what a! I, I, to call him a degenerate, to call this administration a failure, is an insult to people who've catastrophically failed. The Hindenburg is sitting there going, well, "Don't associate us with this, with this administration. We blew up, uh, yeah, we did, but uh, we didn't do it on purpose, and we didn't do it gleefully, and we certainly were not smiling as we collapsed to the earth." So don't associate us with Jimmy Carter. Is the only person who's really smiling and going. I'm so glad this guy's president of the United States. I lived long enough to see that that I am not the worst president in recent memory. Yeah. And Jimmy Carter not only lived long enough to see him not him be surpassed as the worst president in recent history, most of the people, uh, well, a lot of the people alive remember Jimmy Carter's presidency. So when they go to their graves, he knows that they will not be remembering him as the worst president. They will now have a new New picture in their head. You know, last time we had a devout Catholic president was JFK. I don't know why I'm thinking about this. Was JFK. But all the Catholics in the country, or a lot of Catholics in the country, rallied to him. And they put up pictures. Still, if you go into a house that hasn't been remodeled in a long time, you'll still see like a saintly photograph of JFK on the wall. Nobody's putting up pictures of Joe Biden. No, maybe because they... They're eating them. They're they're seeing if they can liquefy the pictures of Joe Biden to feed to their child as Karine Jean-Pierre giggles about the prospect of a nationwide shortage in baby formula because they're totally on the case. Fear not or something. So our idiot president of the United States is out there 
in the midst of a baby formula shortage, in the midst of supply chain issues, and in the midst of them telling us, well, we got there was a time, I swear to God, I, I, I'm remembering this as, you know, maybe I was a child and I'm misremembering, maybe I'm just projecting from comic books and movies. But there was a time when Americans saw adversity as an opportunity, right? Remember that? A problem presents itself and we didn't all just our our culture or society our leadership for sure didn't just kind of throw their hands up and go oh well what are you going to do what are you going to do we tried no way to get around that can't fix that problem ronald reagan famously talked about the strategic defense initiative sdi and it was roundly mocked by democrats and then eventually republicans as uh, star wars Star, it's Star Wars, a missile defense. What a ridiculous, you can't hit a bullet with a bullet. It's what that's like. And now uh, Reagan persisted. We're not nearly as far along as we should be in that program. It is not as effective and efficient as it is. And boy, howdy, could we, it would be nice if it were, because then we wouldn't have to really be as concerned about Vladimir Putin saying, you know what, I could blow up the whole world if I wanted to. It wouldn't, certainly would take that seriously, but you wouldn't have to be as concerned about it. People in this country used to see problems as opportunities. And now we just kind of throw our hands up and go, well, we tried. What are you going to do? And what I'm talking about is the, um, the grain issue. Joe Biden talked about this the other day. Going, Well, you know, grain food prices are up because Ukraine produces a lot of grain. They're the world's breadbasket. They produce a lot of grain, a lot of corn, a lot of this, a lot of food. We have a lot of farmland in this country. We have a lot of unused farmland in this country. We have a lot of farmers who are struggling who could do a lot more. If the government says, hey, why don't we try to, there's a wheat shortage in the world. Why don't we try to make up that difference? What a novel idea. The world is looking to buy. Let's try and grow more of what the world is trying to buy. There was a time when we would have done that. It wouldn't even need to be said. It wouldn't need a cheerleader. You don't need a Newt Rockney to come in. and. Well, there's a modern reference for you. You don't need a Newt Rockney to come in and give you a speech about how you got to step up and everybody do their part. Everybody just stepped up and did their part. Everybody, and some people saw an opportunity. And right now, if people see these opportunities, some people can get very rich off of this stuff. Some people can get wildly rich off of this stuff. Make a lot of money off of it because there is a grain shortage right now. But you know what we're in, maybe we're a little bit into it too far, but we're not past it completely, is planting season. Maybe you could plan ahead in those ways. But instead, we get this, oh, well, we're going to have to cut back, and boy, howdy, just be prepared to pay more for things. Fertilizer shortages. Fertilizer is made, all right? That's... How about somebody start manufacturing fertilizer instead of going, well, Russia is not going to be able to supply us with enough fertilizer. How about, I don't know what's logistically involved in doing this, but how about somebody go, hey, what's involved in doing this? Maybe, I bet you there are small manufacturers of fertilizer in this country who suddenly could go, 
wait a second, we could, this is a golden opportunity for us. Let's expand. It's not just selling to your local farmers. It's selling to the rest of the world. Let's try and fill as much of that as possible. You got a lot to make up, a lot to take care of. And instead, the president of the United States is basically saying, be ready for shortages. Things are going to be bad. Things aren't going to get any better. Because we're trying to figure out how to get Russia out of there. We're trying to get damage Russia. And you got idiots like Lindsey Graham out there saying regime change is the only way to get out of this. Regime change in Russia. You know, just shut up. I know you're in the, the reserve and whatever, but this guy, I've never seen anybody get so aroused over the prospect of a war, especially a pointless war. I wish the people of Ukraine well. But I'm frankly sick of hearing about Ukraine, not because I'm sick of the Ukrainian people. I'm sick of hearing from Americans as Americans suffer, American political leadership talking about how Ukraine is so damned important. We have a baby formula shortage. What's the president of the United States doing? He went and spoke to the IBEW, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, yesterday and started rambling and yelling in a sign of dementia about people who had charity foods during the lockdowns, the pandemic. Remember that? There are lots of reasons people did that. Well, I'll talk about it after you hear this. But listen to Joe Biden yesterday. While he's presiding over supply chain shortages that are causing food shortages and food inflation and warning about worse food inflation and food shortages and the current shortage of baby formula, Joe Biden is stuck in fantasy land from two years ago because he saw some B-roll on a local news report. You know the long lines of stand television, people line up in all kinds of vehicles just to get a box of food, and they're drunk. How could you forget? People were hurting. And what did the microphone want to do? Forget it. God, his head is so far up his own trunk, it's dangerous. It's disturbing. That was at a time when there were lockdowns and people's businesses were forced closed by Democrat governors across the country. Joe, those food lines, well, a box of food were ordered by Democrat governors, were necessitated by Democrat governors. Taking people's livelihoods away, shutting down their places of business. Yeah, that's what they were. I get it. The MAGA crowd isn't wanting to forget that. We want to remind people of what Democrats did to this country. But you also have to look at what's happening to this country right now because of your really bad, stupid policies. That baby formula shortage isn't Donald Trump's fault. That baby formula shortage is your fault. Oh, it's, well, one factory in Michigan shut down. Yeah, that's one factory in Michigan, the vast majority of baby formula is manufactured in China. Might want to address that. And it's probably sitting on ships off the West Coast. Because remember, you were going to deal with that? Remember remember two, three months ago when the media actually paid attention to what was going on in the port of Los Angeles? Joe Biden came out and gave a speech. said, we worked out a deal where they're going to open 24 hours a day. 
except they never open 24 hours a day because they don't have the shipping capacity once they get it on the docks to get it off the docks. You had a trucking issue and you've got $7 for diesel fuel issue and all sorts of other problems that Joe Biden has either created or exacerbated. And so that doesn't exist anymore. Where's Mayor Pete? He's not out in L.A. Doesn't care. Joe Biden is canceling drilling while saying we need to lower the price of fuel because evil, evil oil companies are making too much money off of it when they're not. It's dangerous. There's incompetence that you can giggle at and laugh at. Oh, God, he's just stumbled through that. And then there are things where you sit there and you go, this guy really believes this stuff. This guy really believes this stuff. And then you enter the world of, of a danger that this guy believes this stuff because it's nowhere close to reality. It's nowhere close to accurate. It's ne- and that means that nobody's addressing the problem because Joe Biden won't acknowledge the problem. This administration won't acknowledge the problem. And you can't address a problem if you don't acknowledge it. November cannot, cannot come soon enough. I just the, the president of the United States screaming about these things. The, he, a lot of politicians mistake volume for emotion. It's not. That's not how it works. But the president running around yelling at the IBEW, going, oh, "The banker crowd thought that was okay." Nobody thought that was okay, Joe, except for maybe the Democrat governors who ordered the uh, people's businesses closed ordered them down and ordered screwed them over and maybe they they did but this senile sob is out there just yelling and screaming tilting at windmills as the the entire system burns it's always he has screwed these we ran it he had a recovering economy and yesterday he said that uh, while we were on the verge of a another depression when he came into office Nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing could be more of a lie. And it's further from the truth. Somebody says further from the truth. That's just a euphemism for lying. He is a liar. Period. End of story. That's who he is. That's what he does. He's always been that way. You look back at his entire career. We passed one million dead from COVID, if you believe the government's numbers. I don't. I believe the number is significantly lower because they just said anybody who died with COVID or COVID-related symptoms counts. But the death count that they've been using passed 1 million yesterday. He released a statement that was innocuous and blah, blah, blah. The media is not harping on it. You might hear about it today, but it will not be. You remember when it we've... uh, Remember when the press went after Donald Trump? Of course, they went after Donald Trump personally on everything. And they were able to because Donald Trump was in the White House press briefing room every single day. And remember these jackholes out there going, well, do you, how do you, I think it was Olivia Nuzzi. How do you just, do you deserve to be reelected knowing that more people died from COVID on your watch than died in the Vietnam War or whatever? Like then it was the, the Civil War to, Every time they had a milestone, there was somebody in the press going, does the president deserve support because more people have died here than at the Who concert in Cincinnati in 1979 or whatever that was? All of that stuff. They held the president to account. And now this president, and they go, oh, a grim milestone. One million dead. Well, 
when Donald Trump left office, there were only 400,000 deaths, which seems weird to say, but there were only 400,000 deaths. He didn't have a vaccine except for the last six weeks of his administration. Joe Biden has had the vaccine, quote-unquote vaccines, for the entirety of his administration. And yet 60% of the deaths have occurred on Joe Biden's watch? What's weird is during the Trump administration to President Fauci, there was some, at least some, pushback. Under Joe Biden, there has been absolutely zero pushback on President Fauci. Anything he says, everything he says, the CDC, oh, uh, keep masking. Why? I, I don't know. Just why not? All right. Well, that sounds good enough for me. They've allegedly followed. The Republicans were anti-science, remember. The Trump administration was anti-science. The Biden administration is pro-science. Well, they have their personification of science. President Fauci had declared himself at one point to be science, and attacks on him were attacks on science. So how can 60% of the deaths have occurred on the watch of science? Anybody in the media want to question this one? Anybody want to look at this and go, wait, wait a second, that ain't kosher, that something ain't right there, that seems a little bit weird. The party ruled by science has overseen, ruled over, lorded over 60% of the deaths in this country during this pandemic, 600,000 people? You got, va you, you got vaccines, you got treatments, you've got everything you can possibly, every advantage you possibly can. He, Donald Trump planted the seeds with Operation Warp Speed and Joe Biden has been picking the fruit and then just stomping it into the ground. And he won't catch hell for it. He won't be asked about it. Nobody will stand up and go, why do you deserve any support? You've overseen more deaths than any president in U.S. history at any time. Except for maybe the Spanish flu and Woodrow Wilson. Except for maybe FDR. In domestic peacetime, certainly in the last hundred years, you have overseen more deaths and then you add in the overdoses and the suicides and all the other things that the Democrats fetishized lockdowns created. And what happens? They go, well, well what are you going to do? It's like we don't, have, we don't have a president when it comes to COVID, according to the media. Just like Barack Obama. It wasn't Barack Obama's IRS that was targeting conservative groups. It wasn't Barack Obama's Justice Department that forced the sale of weapons to Mexican drug cartels and then didn't bother to track them. No, 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 it wasn't them. It wasn't Barack Obama's Justice Department that was tapping the phones of journalists. It was the Justice Department. Barack Obama, uh, tangentially involved. I don't know, he's like a mid-level manager. Over, I don't know. He doesn't have anything to do with it. When liberals are in the midst of problems, so to speak, they get no responsibility whatsoever. Not that they, granted, politicians run away from all responsibility, but the media used to hold them responsible. Remember that we want to hold the feet to the fire. Not when it's a Democrat. It's weird. Lastly, I want to play a Nina Jank this Jankowitz quote. She's the truth czar over there in the Biden administration. 
It speaks for itself of how nuts these people are. Um, and I am eligible for it because I'm verified. But there are a lot of people who shouldn't be verified who aren't, you know, legit, in my opinion. I mean, they are real people, but they're not um, trustworthy. Anyway, so verified people can um, essentially start to edit Twitter the, the same sort of way that Wikipedia is. So they can add context to certain tweets. Um, so just as a easy example, not from any political standpoint, if President Trump were still on Twitter and tweeted a claim about voter fraud, someone could add context from one of the 60 lawsuits uh, that went through the court or uh, something that an election official in one of the states said, perhaps your own secretary of state uh, <laughs> and, and his news conferences, something like that, adding context so that people um, have a fuller picture rather than just an individual claim on a tweet. She wants the power. She wanted the power before. This was before she had government power. This was when she was just a private citizen singing show tunes in restaurants and desperately trying to deny the fact that she's gotten older and she's never going to make it on Broadway. This is her just spitballing. Boy, if I only had the power to rewrite other people's tweets, correct them. This person who fell for pretty much every left-wing scam and hoax that they've perpetrated in the last five years, Russia Gate, all that stuff. Uh, she's now in charge of truth in this country, according to the Biden administration. Can't make this up. These are dangerous, dangerous people, ladies and gentlemen, wildly dangerous people. All right, that's about enough for today. That's about enough for this week. Although it's not really all for this week, because I got to do the freaking curse show, the week in Evan Review at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast. That's right. Five bucks a month. Show your support. Show your flag for the, the family, for the team, for the team we got here, and actually for Quinn, because Quinn's birthday is next weekend. And uh, good God, there's nothing she doesn't want. She's not going to get a ton of it, but uh, every little bit helps, especially she just wants, really, if I got her a, a giant ice cream cake, she'd be happy with it. Anyway, I hope you're happy with your weekend. Hope you listen to the Weekend F and Review, patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast. Don't forget to enter the contest if you are a supporter there. The drawing will be sa Sunday afternoon. We'll have a new one going on Monday morning. Have a great Friday. Hopefully see you tomorrow. <laughs>